You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Well, it's, it's water. It's, yeah, it's... It's not, no one puts sugar in it. It's just water, dude. It's not, it's not supposed to like go, oh, fuck. Have you had this water? Something good for ya. Alright everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For Ya podcast where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give ya. I'm one of your two co-hosts Alex Stiff and sitting with me all the way up in New York, not city, but New York is Dave Weimar. What up? You don't have to say not city. We can make people believe I'm actually in the city. Well, but at some just point, so I'm just going to start saying, <laughs> I'm just going to start saying from New York City and Times Square. <laughs> so it's just, I'm just letting people know early on. That way, the early listeners know. But soon, people are going to be thinking, I'm co hosting with this dude. He's like podcasting in the middle of fucking Times Square and like ABC Studios. What was the MTV had a studio there, too? Do you remember what that was? Oh, that was for TRL, Total Request yeah. Live. Total Request Live, that's it, yeah. Yep. Dude, I've actually been going down this rabbit hole on YouTube. Uh, There's this guy that... is doing like rewatches and reviews of like the late 90s and early 2000s like MTV movie awards and music video awards and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely amazing because you would not get these sort of productions these days for award shows like they did back then. I mean, oh, this yeah, shit right. was insanity. Yeah. Like I sorry man, I still do not like the music or the pop culture of the late 90s, early 1000s, but the absolute unhinged nature of Hollywood at that time and mm-hmm. pop culture at the time, I miss that amount of unhinged cuz think about it. You had the early days of the internet mm-hmm. with like, you know, e fucked and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You had these absolute maniac, you know, award shows. The celebrities were being just as crazy. It was right before 9/11, so like we hadn't been smacked in the face yet. So like right, it was like right. everything was on 11. Yeah. Oh shit, that was really kind of a bad comparison, but everything was, you no, know, was, at max. <laughs> it was at an 11. It's just a, it's just the way it went. <laughs> What's it going to take for us to get back to that free-natured, unhinged, let's just live oh, life again moment? It's going to take a long time, man. Uh, we we done fucked ourselves. I dude. just find it really odd though that like every time it feels like we start getting our machismo back, so to speak, to use an old uh, to turn an old phrase, yeah. something happens, and like us as a society get knocked back down a few pegs. We're like we can't have our fun, we can't have our excitement because it was like as soon as things were getting really unhinged, we had you know nine eleven, our national tragedy, yeah. and then. And then as soon as we started feeling a little bit more frisky again, we had the recession under the mm-hmm. Obama administration. Mm-hmm. And then when we start feeling a little frisky again, we get COVID. And mm-hmm. as soon as we get out of that and we're like, we're not even waiting. We're just running at this full force again. Now we're staring down the barrel of another recession. <laughs> like every time we start going, all right, it's time to party. Something goes, nope. 
it's not that time, bro. Did the recession recession affect you at all? I didn't even fucking notice it. It just seemed like regular days to me. Well, under the uh, like back at like right after Bush. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, it it did affect us and our family. Um, we were living in Roanoke, Virginia, and bro, gas prices were like four seventy five, five bucks a gallon there for a minute. Uh, yeah. It it was it was to the point where like through budgeting for a four four member household, you know, me, my little sister, mom, dad, we could only use one car for like a solid three months. I mean, uh, it it was bad. So like you yeah. know, it we we had to cut back pretty good. So yeah, that that definitely knocked us down a few pegs, <laughs> yeah. emotionally and mentally for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Well, when when the fucking inflation hit this fucking last what was it a year ago? You know, and it was just bam, and everything was just like milk went from fucking three dollars to five twenty six. You know, I felt that. <laughs> that was like, ow, man, everything just. Boom! Your your grocery bill fucking doubled. Your electric bill, everything doubled. That was that would yeah, that was tough. Literally everything doubled. You can no longer get a dollar double cheeseburger at McDonald's. That shit is like two forty now. Yeah. And also, I will I will say the one item that is recession proof. All right. So to, to explain why I got to this point, I have to pull a Kevin Smith to get to this point. I have to tell you why I got there. So I, it's all the way back here. Are you, so are you going to talk about the Costco hot dog and Coke? <laughs> no, but I am going to talk about a dollar um, 50 since 1970, baby. It is baby. Totally I, I got proof. something even better because sometimes okay, you can't it? get to a Costco. Okay, so <laughs> on the couch potatoes, um, I had mentioned, and we can talk about this too because it's music related, I had just got off to, or it's one of the reasons we didn't record last week, uh, I had just got off the road with Tuck Smith and the Restless Hearts along with Jerry James Nichols doing a small little East Coast run down to Florida. And Fine. when we were in the van... Uh, I told an abridged version of this on Couch Potatoes, but when we were in the van, uh, the singer, Tuck Smith, was like, hey, do you guys remember the old Winn-Dixie jingle? And we're like, no. And he was like, Winn-Dixie, low prices, that's our promise, that's our way, Winn-Dixie. And we're like, no, wait, I do not remember that. And he's like, pull it up, pull it up, because I'm, I'm the little bitch boy on the fucking road, so, you know, it's just like, you know, pull that shit up, Jamie. So I'm, I'm like putting my earbud in. I click on like 20 different goddamn Winn-Dixie commercials. I cannot find the one. So I put the call out on, you know, Couch Potatoes. I was like, if anyone knows this jingle, send it to me. Someone hit me up in the Discord and found it. I was like, holy shit. So I'm listening to that. And that made me remember back when I was young, there was an old Burger King commercial that had a song in it that is permanently stuck in my head. And I will hear it at least once a month. It's a song called Wake Up Little Susie. And all it is is just showing this Burger King crust sandwich with wake up little Susie wake up that. in the background over and over. It's ingrained in my head because mom recorded cartoons for me on videotape and she wouldn't cut out the commercials. So I would just rewatch these videotapes so I would see this commercial over and over for years on end. It's uh -huh. ingrained in my head. I finally found that but it wasn't the exact one. So I started looking at compilations. See, it's a long story to get to where I am. Started yeah. looking at compilations of commercials from the time period to see if it just jogs any other memories. Bro, I do not care if it is 1989 or 2023. You can get a medium two-topping pizza from Domino's for $8.99. Really? That shit has never changed. 
Wow. That's cool. Because <laughs> there, there was a commercial for Pizza Hut that rolled on up, and they were promoting like their oh. new New York Brooklyn-style pizza, yada, yada, yada. Get you a two-topping medium Brooklyn-style pizza for eight ninety nine, And I'm like... I just paid that last week at Domino's. <laughs> so pizza and hot dogs at Costco so yeah. far have been the only two recession-proof items. Because fucking even Arizona, you got to go to the right spots to find the 99-cent cans. North Carolina only recently started getting, uh, over maybe the last three years, uh, Topa Chico. Oh, yeah. that's Isn't that from Mexico? Which I know you know a lot about being in uh, Texas. Yeah, yeah. I hated that stuff. But you don't like Topa Chico? Uh-uh. No. Ah, oh, dude, the lime one is fucking... That shit is amazing. I've only had the orange and the... Uh, I think just the orange. It was just like, oh, God, this is nasty. I never wanted dude, to bite. Dude, no, that orange oh, and, and grapefruit and the, one, it's like perfumey. And I had just the water, just the no flavor at all, you know. The, yeah, and their, that's, and that's like, not that great. But honestly, man, before you fully write it off, I already you did, gotta dude. try the lime version. <laughs> I already wrote, you gotta try the lime one, though, dude. I already, I already wrote it off, man. I already wrote it off, man. You wrote, you the wrote lime off, is like a fresh off, sprite. You wrote off '90s fucking music, dude, and you haven't even listened to half of it. The really good stuff. You I've listened to more than yet. two bands. <laughs> The really good stuff didn't even get out, man. That's the sad part about the fucking Seattle scene. I love how it's just like, the good stuff didn't even get out there, man. It didn't. <laughs> it, it didn't. It didn't. Ask anybody from Seattle. By the way, dude, I just f discovered this new band from Seattle. They started in 2018, and they're they're fucking lit, dude. They're awesome. Lit's been around for longer than that. No, they're not lit. They're <laughs> fucking lit. They're fucking awesome. They're they're like um no, let's not fucking. I'm not a lit fan. I mean, they were they were fun. They they had some cool songs, but yeah, you know, I've uh, not a lit. I, I've I've gotten to see them live twice. <laughs> Was it on purpose or? <laughs> I've never seen them. But I never had the desire to either. But that band I was talking about from Seattle, they've they oh, yeah. started. They just started in 2018. So this is a brand new fucking band, dude. And they're young kids, and uh, they're called uh, Naked Giants, and they're totally like this fucking. Um, it's hard to describe, man. It's really hard. It's just fucking yep. in your face pop, you know. It's just, but really, the dude plays a 12-string guitar all the time I think it's just like every video I've seen him on he's got it's, it's a Gibson SG 12 string guitar and the bass player uh, I think he just played a few days the we I probably oh, I don't wow. say the weakest spot but I would say the drummer's probably the weakest spot but he's he's decent but they're uh, there's it, it, they kind of like in t at times they sound like Weezer on steroids you know like Weezer just fucking if Weezer was a real rock band you know They'd sound like, you know, because they'll do these I was gonna cool... say, if Weezer was on steroids, it would be just an, yeah, like you said, an actual rock band. That's, I'm <laughs> sorry, I have a co-worker that loves Weezer, and he plays them all the time at the smoke shop, and it's, I can thoroughly say now, I am not a fan of Weezer. That drummer has a punchable face, and it just, <laughs> I, mm, I don't know, something about that I, band just makes me really want to choke them out. I like Weezer, but I can't 
take Weezer for, I mean, if, if I'm listening to music and a Weezer song comes on, especially like if it's hash pipe, you know, I'll be like, fuck cool, you know, and I love, I love it, but it's got to go away. I can't listen to a Weezer album. I cannot. Well, but it's got to go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It can come back, though. I mean, you can bring back, a, you know, Beverly Hills or something, you know, but it's got to It's have- like the stray dog. It's got to have fucking other material behind it. I can't put on a Weezer album. Yeah, that's just the way it is. I don't. I honestly, I think Weezer epitomizes that whole thing that I don't like about grunge. I wouldn't even I say think Weezer was kind anywhere of, near grunge. Or alternative, or shoegaze, or whatever you want to call. Them. I, I consider them grunge. A lot of people consider really? them grunge. Weezer? Oh yeah, no. Weezer. No, fucking pop. Get in the fucking comments if you disagree. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't gotten a single disagreement I've, over my Metallica comment yet. So get in the fucking comments if you disagree. <laughs> I, I've never heard anybody call Weezer grunge before. But but just that whole. They seem bored. But then and if again, I'm bored. I'm bored. I think grunge is something completely different than most people in the United States, though. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, but, Weezer when they're playing, there, they just sound being, and look bored. Being there while Weezer was coming up, that was never ever anything in Seattle. That was no, I think no, no one ever called them grunge ever. It was a totally different genre. It was like uh, it was pop. It was like Green Day. You know, I would still consider as poppy as they were. I would still consider early Green Day, and I mean like smooth pre-Dookie stuff. I would consider them punk as poppy as they were. I mean, and now I'm not comparing these two in a as good as sense. But if we're going to call the Ramones and their style songwriting punk, we have to call Green Day and their style songwriting punk as well because it really comes right. from that same cloth. Very different bands, not as good yeah. as the Ramones, but similar songwriting style. Yeah. Well, now what would you where do you, where do you define punk at? Is it is it the the persona? Is it what you are putting out there? Your angst is that what makes it punk, or is it because or is it the actual music? Because I mean, there are fucking fantastic guitar players in the punk scene, you know that that's what they want to play it's not like you know because back in the day it's like ah fuck i can't play this being a punk band dude you know and then you learn how to play and you get better and better and better you know but now no some of these punk guys are the fucking greatest guitar players there are man my definition of that has kind of changed a good bit throughout the years initially it was whatever the music sounded like you know and it, it or to, also to clarify my definition of punk rock was never the image it was never this guy doesn't look punk rock or you know this guy doesn't you know sound punk rock that was never part of my definition to start with uh, initially it was the sound of the music if it had that aggressive tone if it had that you know against normal society kind of vibe then mm-hmm. i considered it punk as i That's got what I mean older, by aggression you know Right, but then as we yeah. mentioned in last week's episode, or last episode rather, um, as I got older, I would also start adding bands like 
talking heads or blondie or these you know kind of almost yeah. new wave alternative bands at the time to also yeah. be punk rock they didn't necessarily have aggressive sound but what made them punk is they were anti-establishment they were anti-mainstream exactly. or they were that cbgb's crowd you know they got because they got tagged with cbgb's very early which was a punk place and i don't because yes. i to this day i don't think blondie's punk i don't i think it's great fucking pop alternative music dude and some I mainstream think they were doing shit something too. a little bit more dangerous than what the mainstream was doing at the time and that's what made it punk it was still anti-mainstream debbie harry hung what? out with the gutter kids debbie harry didn't hang yeah. out you know until later on debbie harry did not hang out with the high echelon you know trendy scene people she hung out with you know the gutter trash you know in the bowery those first few records though there's some pretty punk rock stuff on there is but as airy and poppy as it was i still saw it as a rebellion against what was mainstream because you really weren't hearing a lot of that exact stuff on the radio so i don't know i guess just throughout the years the whole nomenclature of you know uh punk is an attitude really does kind of set into place because punk can be a little bit of everything it doesn't have to be that such singular mind it, frame but can it be well now the disco's so popular we're gonna write this fucking song and make a bunch of money because that's totally anti-punk and that's exactly what they did well i mean that's what a lot of bands did when they wanted to get out yeah. of the slums yeah not Would a lot. Would you consider of, that to be a poser or doing what you need to do to pay I your think bills? That's right. I think that if that's what they're, they want to write, and if you look at the trajectory of Blondie, that's what they wanted to do. That's how they, even their early albums, they had sparks of complete fucking offbeat uh, pop, you know? Well, I mean, the Ramones wanted to be a pop band. They wanted to be, oh, you know, the, the Beach were. Boys with an Edge. Well, <laughs> yeah, they wanted to be the yeah. Beach Boys with an Edge. They yeah. wanted radio hits. They wanted, yeah. you know, mass success. So Blondie was just able to do it faster than the Ramones were. But the Ramones would have done the exact same thing if given the proper opportunity. They just never were given the opportunity. They were always shunned. Yeah. So... I don't know. I think maybe the whole idea of going mainstream as a poser mentality kind of gets a little bit skewed when you actually pay attention to the original punk bands. And if given the moment, they probably would have taken the cash just like Blondie did. Well, Blondie didn't just take the cash. Blondie created created the cash. The cash. But you know, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. But yeah. And I yeah. think, the, but I think even the Ramones were trying to create the cash. Why else would they have went to someone like Phil Spector? I think oh, after that, I think yeah, after that absolutely. record is when they went fine. Fuck it, yeah. Like that—that that was their fuck it record. It was if this doesn't make us the pop sensations that Blondie, Talking Heads, and our contemporaries are, fuck it. We're not going to try anymore. We're just going to keep releasing the shit we know how to write. But did they go to Phil, or did Phil go to them? What's the story there? Was that like something like I can, you know, fucking totally take these guys and make millions? I. <sighs> Like a Phil Spe I've heard, Spector So, so move I've heard be. the story a thousand times, but that tiny detail is slipping me. The details I do remember for a fact were that Joey Ramone was a huge fan of Phil, Ronnie, all the things he had done with all of that. He was a huge Phil Spector fan, and Joey wanted to work with Phil. 
the details on if Joey made a connection and then Phil was like, I want to work with you guys or either whoever was managing the Ramones, which I think now Tommy kind of stepped himself out fully at that time. It may have been Arturo Vega. Arturo may have made the connection. I don't remember what that was, but I do remember by the time they got in the room, it was mutually agreed upon that both parties wanted to do it, or well, rather, Phil and Joey wanted to do it. Yeah, well, in that time, too, who doesn't want to record with Phil Spector? Yeah, you but know? it was all. But they also. So but Joey kind of also put as a feather in his cap that yeah. Phil also wanted to work with Joey as well. It yeah. wasn't just like, well, please, get, Phil, record us. It was like, no. oh shit, let's make a fucking quality record. Here's my gun and a bunch of cocaine. Let's do this shit. Yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be willing to bet that it was all Phil Spector going to them, going, hey, you guys, blah blah boom, you know, and they're been going, yeah, because we've been saying we wanted to do it forever, you know. Yeah, the the story behind that is absolutely crazy. I mean, we we could probably do a whole something good episode on just end of the century because yeah. it, it turned into like initially it was Joey and Marky that were excited about it while Johnny and Dee Dee were like, no, we don't want to do this. And then eventually Marky slowly got to the point where he's like, I'm getting scared and freaked out and Johnny's getting guns pulled on him and he's having to play the opening riff to Rock and Roll High School over and over for like two hours straight. It's oh like on, on like every fifth take, Phil is like screaming fuck and like snorting coke and like nearly punching his fist through the goddamn sound so system. Know. And you, like, know play it your again. Ramones, you know your Ramones history. The three bands I really know are Kiss, Ramones, and Misfits. Those are oh, the three cool. that I have a lot of like, archival knowledge on. That's cool. Yeah, that's good. I'm so if any time you want to talk about those three subjects, I could roll. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone really wants to listen to some Kiss topics, we have an entire 40-episode miniseries called No Time to Turn on this network. It is defunct, but it is 40 episodes of Kiss for 50 years of their rock and roll. And we tried to figure out if there was a way for us to do 10 more episodes for 50-50, but no, we, it was it was going to be a stretch after like maybe four more. So it's like, yeah, we'll just cap it. So yeah. if you want to hear that, check it out. <laughs> but no, um, we'll do a lot more punk talk on here what about um what when's the, how old were you the how many times have you seen that's the question i'm looking for how many times have you seen kiss and how old were you the very first time you saw kiss so <laughs> i've seen kiss twice uh three times three times three times um you got you got me beat dude <laughs> well uh, so only, only by one though and i'm not i'm I love I love Kiss, but I'm not a Kiss fan. I'm not like I don't know fucking history at all. Me you know? seeing them live is a weird story. If it was one hundred, the band you were rooting with. <laughs> uh, well, okay, it? no way. So, so 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 here's the stories on that. The very first time I saw Kiss was on the Kiss Motley Crew tour. Um, they were coming through Charlotte, and by this point, Tommy Thayer. Oh, I could pull that up. But by this point, Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer are already in the band in the makeup and everything. Okay, so yeah. I saw the tour. The first tour that they did where they list, lifted Gene. You know, in the, the Dynasty. First, no, it was uh, fucking um, the one before Dynasty. Uh, then, he, then he was lifted up on a platform, not by wires. Oh, he was on wires, dude. If he was on wires, that was Dynasty. Maybe it was a Dynasty. No, what t- what year did Dynasty come out? Seventy nine. That was with I Was Made for Loving it You. Was, they yeah, had the was, neon costumes. It was seventy eight. 
So when was seven, 77, well, 78 oh, yeah, was okay, there. 77, 78 is. Okay, the, 77 would have been Love Gun and Alive 2. By that point, they had not gotten Gene's flying rig set up. That was only for the Dynasty Tour. Uh, the only thing he was doing by that point is they had their stage kind of like uh, pickets on the side. Uh, and Gene and Paul would both get up on that and kind of rise up every so often. And Gene would do that during like his blood spitting routine. Maybe this stage, a, this yeah, stage maybe also had the staircases on both yeah. sides yeah. of Peter's drum kit. Yep, yeah, so, so Gene did not have a flying rig harness so by that point. That was only for Dynasty. So that's Love Gun I'm talking about. You're talking about the Love Gun Alive 2 tour. I fucking swear to God they had him up on cables, but he might it might have been another sh- that second show, and I'm mixing my memory. That's this but is that's one of the, this dude, is one of the few times I, I never concede on arguments as if it's I, Kiss related. I was I, like, no. <laughs> it's a hard argument though because I fucking remember it. I remember it. You know. I understand. I understand. Only, I've only seen him twice, and it was when I was you know eighth grade and and tenth grade so first time on mine was july 25th uh in 2012 it was the kiss motley crew one and i was not initially gonna go i looked at the ticket prices i was not a fan of motley crew i was not gonna pay to see a dual headline show where both bands were playing a half set for fucking a hundred bucks i wasn't gonna do it even for the cheap seats yeah. fucking even like the cheapest seats available i think were like 45 bucks and i'm like i'm still not doing that for a lawn seat i'm, I'm sorry i'm not paying 45 bucks for a half kiss and another band i really don't care about yeah that afternoon rolled around i got i was working in the kitchen i got called out they're like hey we really don't need you today i'm like all right kind of sitting around the house bored it's like let me look, see if there's still any available. Double check. Ah, oh, there's still tons available. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm not going to spend the money on it. I, I'm not going to enjoy it. Let me see if Craigslist has anything. <laughs> so I get on Craigslist and look, bro, someone was selling their lawn seat for 10 bucks. And I'm like, all right, fuck it for 10 bucks. Yeah. So it's like, I buy it. I meet him at the thing. We exchange. It's like all cool. You know, I trusted him. He, he was like really legit about everything in his actual post. So I do that buy it from them walk up to the gate for 10 up 10 extra dollars they're offering upgrades oh, <laughs> so no. so for 10 bucks i'm like all right fine, just, fuck it dude they are trying to get as much money as they fucking can it's like we're we're dying out here man <laughs> well it was not sold out it was not well attended so it's like for t- like roughly after taxes like 25 30 bucks i got a halfway decent seat and that was a fun show i really didn't enjoy kisses segment though because paul was just not on it you know the gene songs were cool you know i enjoyed that but the thing i enjoyed most was like the other kiss fans around me kind of like begrudgingly enjoying the show being like it's kiss isn't it yeah you know hey how long have you been a fan you know (laughs) we just talked to each other i told myself after that i wasn't gonna see him again i was like you know i did the once i can say i saw kiss i'm good then i started working with tuck smith and the restless hearts and he calls me up. He goes, hey, bud, uh, we've been asked to play the Kiss Cruise, so I need you to come along in a video for everything. Oh, and I was like, sweet. oh, snap. Okay, cool. So, like, maybe two years ago, it was Kiss Cruise 10, uh, the first one they did after COVID. And, um, yeah, that that one was a lot of fun. They saw Kiss two nights in a row on the so boat you on knew, that you one. you knew this Tuck dude before the Kiss Cruise. I thought you met him yeah. on the Kiss Cruise. Okay. How do you no. know Tuck? 
so Tuck was originally in the band called The Biters uh, and another band called Heart Attacks even before that. Um, That's where that. Okay. There you go. The Biters. Because I remember a fucking old Cult of Dave. And I'm like, you know, the singer's kind of cool. You know, I, we were we talked about the biters. I'm pretty yep. sure we did. So and he's the so he's the singer for uh, the biters, uh, uh, and through and you can he's talked about it a little bit more. I don't know exactly how much is public knowledge. I know he talked about it with Eddie Trunk. So if anyone's curious, go listen to his Eddie Trunk interview. Um, but bunch of record label problems caused the biters to have to fold. Um, like I said, if you want to hear more info on that, listen to him tell it in his own words. Um, but through that, he created his new band, Tuck Smith and the Restless Hearts. And I initially got in contact with him because... Which is a better band, too. I really enjoy this band a lot. Yeah. And that, this new record is killer. Um, well, again, it's it's that... I can't listen to it the whole way through, though, because it's that sound that just doesn't go away. But they're good songs so i want i want my i don't want to just fucking put pepper in my mouth and just enjoy all the pepper i want fucking salt this this new this new record actually does cross a lot of different uh lines check out the new one bout of a misspent youth i'm pretty sure i did yeah but no so with that though i i initially got in contact with him we had like semi crossed paths very lightly throughout the years, but like not to any sort of like significant aspect. Um, but then Cap wanted to record his two singles, <laughs> and he had already had contact with uh, Tuck through the same outlets and everything else. So he was like, "Hey, can you record our shit?" Uh, we were initially wanting him to record some of the fill-in stuff, but we couldn't get our things lined up in time. So he's like, "Well, I just want to record some solo stuff." So we hang out, chat a lot then. And then we follow each other on Instagram and no more than like maybe a week or so later, he made this post saying, I need help with my website and Cap sent it to me. And he was just like, Hey, I know, you know, website shit, hit him up. So I hit him. I was like, Hey, I was that dude, you know, hanging out filming, you know, Cap when he was doing, you know, his solo material, I guess I know websites. Long story short, fixed it up for him, and he's just like, what else do you know, man? I was like, I can do all this other extra shit, yada, 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 and literally from then, it's like almost every day we're in contact with like new video ideas or promo oh, ideas awesome. and stuff like that. So you're kind of like the fucking, I wouldn't call it, say, media manager, but a fucking... I mean, he don't know how to do the shit, so you have to fucking do it, dude. Yeah, I, I am definitely his social media team. Um, I stray away from calling myself his video guy uh, because his actual video guy is a guy named Video Rahim, and he does a bunch of amazing work, even with stuff with like Mastodon and shit like that. I mean, he is a pro-level video guy based out of Atlanta, and he's done like a lot of the Tuck videos, Biters videos, Rambler. I mean, a lot, a lot of the buddies bands. He'll you know do the videos for but then also does a lot of big boy shit too so mm. in no way shape or form am i ever gonna try to say i'm tuck's video man because video raheem is his video man i'm a social media guy and uh temporary merch guy and whatever he needs me to do if i'm on the road with him you're his, you're his bitch <laughs> yep i'm road bitch that's essentially what it is <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good job man but but it definitely affords me some really cool stuff because Did, um does that does that count as a concert the boat Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah? Because right. the way the boat was set up was as you're uh, disembarking uh, from the port, they're playing a uh, 
a show like in no makeup like street clothes like playing like a bunch of like little deep cut hits they're playing that as we're like sailing away and that's like on the pool deck so it's just a big ass party you know there people are walking around passing out shots you know so, shit like that so they, they actually played while you guys were i see i just assumed it would be all these other bands and kiss would probably do a show on an island that no you no to, or, no uh, the very first sounds coming off that boat are kiss and wow, they're playing that's they're, cool. they're playing that's... up on the pool deck no makeup being real interactive with the audience you know kind of like pointing at folks you know talking to people through how, the audience you know how actually much being are those engaging tickets? How, so this got, is all they... included this is all included so like once you I just know, buy your stuff yeah but how much is the, to, like oh, if someone um, wanted to go on a kiss cruise what did to, they have to fork over a, a single cabin is multi thousand dollars yeah that's what I thought. I would have never gone if I wasn't just part of the crew. <laughs> yeah. 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 But so it's like, it, it was, it's a really cool experience. And because you're part of the crew slash bands, you know, you get access to any of the live shows, you know, with your badge and shit like that. You know, it's, essentially it's a, all the people that paid for their cabins get in first. And then, you know, any overfull, overflow, like if the, you know, people didn't fill it up, you know, there's like extra balconies and side seating that, you know, we can kind of run off to and catch any of the shows. So I was able to catch both shows and it was, that was really cool. It was a lot closer than the time I saw them in Charlotte. Um, got a whole bunch of really cool video from it. And what was the best part about it is, so night one, I was up in the balcony area, which is technically where bands and crew are supposed to go to catch a show. So I was right. up there for night one. Really cool experience. Night two, I'm filing in, kind of getting ready to go up to that balcony, but I'm kind of looking down, and there's a lot of empty seats in the mm -hmm. middle. I'm kind of walking down. You got to walk a little bit before you go up to where your balcony area is, mm -hmm. and I'm following the crew, following everyone. I kind of look behind me. Dude ain't fucking paying attention. I'm fucking cut off from the line, kind of start trotting down the yeah, thing. There, you're not, there's not tickets because no. you're on the yes. boat. Yes, yeah, so yeah, I, just, yeah. I fucking just break away from the line. I yeah. go trotting on down the fucking aisle. Sure as shit, during one of Tuck's meet and greets, I wound up just hanging out with this one guy that was chatting with me. Sure as fuck, there he is in a line with like three empty seats next to him. He happens to turn around as I'm running down, sees me, waves me down. I come running run over catch the show with him so oh, it's like awesome. we're nearly within like spitting distance of the band and like nice. that was fun yeah and, that sounds fun but what was fun about it was not kiss like as much as that sounds like a bad thing kiss wasn't the fun part about it the fun part about it was meeting fun people yeah having that little little <laughs> moment of you know quote-unquote rebellion of breaking mm -hmm. away from the line and actually getting a really good seat and having you know, it benefit yeah have it benefit me mm -hmm. and share the experience with someone that was honestly probably having a lot more of a better time than i was mm -hmm. that's what made it so much fun yeah that sounds like a blast do you have any elevator music on you because i'm gonna take a piss uh, i think i can put that in right about now all right i'm back what's the uh, um what's the coolest show you've ever seen 
Ooh. Not, not, I'm not talking Kiss. I'm talking yeah, yeah, yeah. E- every show, you know. Hmm. And this, this could be like, you know, because you play, so it could be somebody you opened up for and they, they just fucking blew you away. You know, what my, the greatest show I ever saw was probably in that atmosphere. You know? Well, well, first, because uh, I, I I hold on to every thread. I I may I may smoke a little, but I hold on to every thread. Tell me about first time you saw Kiss aside from Gene not actually levitating via piano wires, but actually from a levitation thing. If you saw them on the Love Gun tour, oh yeah, <laughs> I, it was it was eighth grade, dude, and I was fucking. I wouldn't say I was a huge huge Kiss fan. I was a huge Kiss fan when Kiss Alive One came out. And I, that's that's when I discovered them was looking at that album cover, and going, "Oh my God, Mom, can I get this?" No, no, she said, "Yeah." No, my parents never fucking they they didn't never fucking um, you know put rules on us that we couldn't listen or watch or you know, I mean, I don't looking think at they, you now that explains a lot. Yeah. They didn't, I mean, porn wasn't around back then on the internet, so, you know, they probably would have not let us watch porn, but, (laughs) but, uh, we'd always go in and grab my dad's books. (laughs) (laughs) Penthouse it is. Yeah. Penthouse. Dude, he had a collection, dude. My dad was a perv, man. (laughs) (laughs) He was a fucking perv, dude. And then he raised a couple pervs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you're a product of your environment. What can I say? You know, I'm a legal perv. (laughs) (laughs) I don't go too weird, man. (laughs) (laughs) But show me them titties. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I still say it all the time, too. I know it's not culturally accepted now but i was i always say that's tits dude and oh, i yeah. get corrected oh that's you mean really good i'm like yeah sorry yeah but see I like I, tits, so I, that's at least good. in my circles uh the tits hadn't been um frowned upon yet that's so 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 at least on this podcast we will allow that's tits well when <laughs> When they take away tits, I'm going to just fucking shoot myself in the head. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, if we had a bigger listenership, that comment would probably get more reaction than us saying that still. You're right. You're right. (laughs) I have have high ethical morals, dude. I do. do. If someone overchanges me, I give them it back, you know? If, uh, dude, they just gave me an extra fucking 20, dude, that dumb idiot not the fucking cash register thanks nope i'd give it back dude you gave me too much yeah and i always because you know it's going to be his ass's job at the end of the day yeah he's going to get fucking busted for and he you know he's just trying to hurry and get get you out you know and try to yeah he's trying to give you the best service and he fucked up don't fuck him you know <laughs> that's just so i i'd never do that shit but every time i leave i'm like why the fuck did i give that back it was like that was that was karma giving it to me, but no, it's not. Doesn't work that way. No, not necessarily. Sometimes, at least in all the retail, you know, and I know you've worked, you know, different forms of retail too. If that drawer is short twenty bucks oh. at the end of the yeah. night, if maybe you've been late to work a time or two, that might be the last straw yeah. needed 
for your ass to get booted. And guess what? Maybe it was a new stack of twenties and they yep. stuck together. Maybe, maybe your girlfriend just left you or, you know, or your, your yeah. wife just dipped on you and you know, your, your head is in a fucked up place and you did grab two of them by mistake when you meant to exactly. grab, you know, your dog else. died. You just fucking yeah. wrote a country song. What the fuck? You are so <laughs> you are so fucked up at the moment, you know? Why the hell did I write a country song? What the fuck is wrong with me? You know? Something like that. You know? You can't blame that on that guy. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, that one little fuck up, all of a sudden, you know, his job is gone, you know, just because you didn't turn around and go, hey, you, you gave me two 20s when you meant to give me yeah. one. So, you know, be a good person. Speaking of being a good person, be a good person and tell me about this kiss show. Yeah, I was God just going to say, I, we were in seventh grade, or no, eighth grade. We took the bus into Seattle. We skipped school that day. Took the bus into Seattle. And my parents knew that, you know, it's like if there was ever a concert, you know, because I, dude, I've probably seen fucking Rush like five times. I've probably seen Aerosmith like seven times. And I don't know why, because I really don't like Aerosmith, you know? <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> Especially like that. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, they were great shows and they'd always have really cool... I saw a fucking ACDC with Bon Scott because I went to an Aerosmith show. You know, wow. and they opened up. And they got fucking booed off the stage and firecrackers thrown at them. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Really? And Bon Scott said... And Bon no, Scott just... That would have been the better band oh, on the bill. Oh, fuck. It, it was, yeah. Yeah. And Bon Scott was so... Because it was Highway to Hell. I I had the album. I knew fucking ACDC would rocked. You know, I was just like, God, I love these. But I didn't hear all the other... All I heard was the Highway to Hell album, right? Bon Scott just fucking just goes double-fisted fingers. Fuck you, Seattle. I will never, ever ever come fucking back here you fucking little bitches you know and i was Aussie. and see that is punk yeah. rock oh, yeah. I, early acdc was punk rock dude it was just really heavy blues you know and really well done you know it's just really well done punk dude like television is punk you know do you, are, are you familiar with television okay oh, absolutely well i don't know i mean I know you 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 have an upbringing of of music, so I'm pretty sure. It, oh yeah, but I know television. Yeah, it's sa same shit. But you skip school. But, so he skipped school, right? Thank you for keeping me on track. <laughs> like I said, man, I may smoke, but I keep I yeah. keep the thread. I smoke and don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we skip school, take the bus into Seattle, because again, I have cool parents. Um, Stand in line all fucking day, dude. We're just, you know, and, and then, but we have, it's assigned seating, you know, so. Oh, okay, so you oh, didn't have, no, like, the, no, the pit no, no, this is general mission, yeah. The second time I saw a kiss was assigned seating, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, you had general mission yep, seating. Yep, so you can get to the floor, or you can go in and grab a really cool seat, because I hated the fucking floor, dude, because you have to stand, you know. See, man, I will say, I don't, I don't yearn like a lot of people do for like the old times, especially if I never grew up in it. You know, I do find that a little bit ridiculous when so many people yearn for an era in which they even never grew up in. It's like, you don't genuinely know you didn't live in it. I will say though, I wish I could go to at least one actual general admission show 
where you camp out, you wait. When the doors open, you do the mad dash to the front to try to get the good seat. Yeah, you're going to get a little squish. You might get your foot stepped on, but you know what? It's part of the experience because you, you have a passion the same amount as all these other people do, which is why you were all running to try to get the best seat. I, I do wish I had that again, or, or I could have experienced Unless you're that. in Cincinnati and you're seeing The Who, because that was about... Did they say they still do GAs? No, that's where fucking 11 people died because everybody did that. Oh, 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 <laughs> I thought you were saying, you know, you can't experience it unless... Yeah, it's, unless yes, it's no, that. we don't. don't. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I didn't know you were going down that rabbit no, hole. That that, very, I have to pull back that Rolodex card if we're going like into that thro- one. I, I like to throw in my very dark humor jokes, dude. <laughs> It's why it works on the Something Good Network. But, um, we are built on dark jokes and media. But if you're sitting, if you're sitting in the seat, though, you know everything's getting passed to you. You know, it's like you that's know. true. But if you're in the middle of it all, you're really getting everything. Probably, I just. just you're getting some titties in the back of your head. Oh, yeah. You're getting the joints passed around. You're getting the flask that you have no idea what's in it, but fuck it, it's the 70s. But Let's live it up. <laughs> I was always with somebody, and they could never see. They can, you know, and I, I had a hard time seeing too. Well, that's your problem for having short friends. Me, a tall motherfucker, it's just like, fuck you guys. I'm one of the How pit. tall are you? <laughs> like 6'2". Oh, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm not 6'1". I'm short of 6'1". I was got i got jibs well i'm not six three i mean what, yeah, what are we doing that's here not, that's exactly how you say it how tall are you i'm not six three because i'm not six one all right so so i like the seats and i i just love to sit down and watch and fucking listen and, and you know a lot of times you have to stand up anyway but you're it's raised so you're always a higher up than the other people um, cause even in, when I'm on the floor, you know, I still can't, you know, there's always somebody in front of you that's right, you know, or the back up and hit you and you, you can't, you know, what am I missing? Unless you're in the very front where you're just getting squashed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I did stand on a, a few shows, um, probably bands, you know, have you ever heard of Mahogany Rush? <laughs> Actually, no, I've not heard of them. Yeah. I went to that show. I saw Zeppelin live, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm assuming it was a fun kiss show. Oh yeah, it was a great show. Cool. It was it was awesome. Now while now while you were trailing off a million different directions I and trying to I'm tell your kiss time. story, I've been trying to think about the live show that blew me away. And I don't know what this either says about myself or the shows that I've seen. But I can't think of a show that necessarily topped one more than the other, but I can think of a lot of bad shows. Oh. I, I immediately can think back to concerts that I walked away from being like, Me too. that was a waste. But when I'm thinking of like my top tier, like I know that I would have to put stuff like seeing PIL, um, opening and then seeing Slash, um, opening and then seeing GBH, um, I would say those would be probably in my top, but those weren't necessarily concerts that at the end of the day blew me away, quote unquote, but like being so close, like literally three people away from the barricade next to uh, uh, Johnny Rotten. 
Mm-hmm. in PIL being that close to Johnny and hearing him sing these PIL songs and like the kind of uh, captivation and like hold of the stage he had but the way he was doing is he literally had his songs on like a podium like the lyrics and he would look down read his lyrics then look back up and he was almost preaching the entire time he was using his lyric sheet almost as if it was a bible and like between songs you would see him like turn the pages and shit and he's like you know pointing and like preaching to the audience so it's like he wasn't running around but he had that stage he owned the stage so that was a fun amazing experience but it wasn't like oh my god this changed my perspective on Mm -hmm. live shows or music i don't think i've had a concert that's done that to me Slash was amazing because I was in the thick of it. It was an amazing venue. It was a theater size, all general general admission. So it's like, you know, I never thought I would have a good time hearing um, Paradise City. But as soon as that drum breakdown happens and then like the song kicks up by like a couple BPMs right at the very end with the big Mm -hmm. solo, when that part kicked in, confetti came down the lights were going crazy the entire audience was bumping that was amazing that was so much fun i was like this song that i thought i would never enjoy hearing ever again is like making me have like the best time of my life right now (laughs) that song is a really well-written song though i mean guns and roses i'm I'm not a guns and roses fan but they have a lot of really really good songs that are really well this miles kennedy is better than fucking axel rose all day long so it was actually nice hearing guns and roses sung by a better singer (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) so that was actually kind of enjoyable but yeah so i I would definitely axel thought about that I don't give a shit. And then then since I mentioned it, the reason the GBH one uh, really sunk in with me is that wasn't the first time seeing GBH. I had seen them once already when uh, Annie seen it open for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the second time they came around, uh, we got to open for them. And there's a fun little story about that that I still don't know if I'm allowed to share or not. So I'll tell you after the fact. But what I can share is, um, you know, they load in, they set up the stage and of course all the opening bands have to set up in front of the drum kit as per usual with a large national or you know global act as gbh is and for folks that don't know gbh classic uh british punk rock band um city baby attacked by rats time bomb bunch of like classic thrashy mm-hmm. punk rock stuff really killer if you're into that stuff yeah and very i mean it really one of the top fucking what would you say 10 of yeah i mean because when you go punk you know you got to go What's your top 10 biggest DOA from Canada? Fucking Black Flag. Um, I would definitely put them in my threat. top 10. Absolutely. Yeah. They, I think they're very. Kennedys. There's, I mean, the top 10 of punk is really good shit. Oh, yeah. And I, and I would easily put GBH in that. I mean, really I great so stuff. Too. I agree. I, so, I, so it's like, okay, cool, whatever. We got set up in front of GBH. Uh, we're getting everything together. Our drummer basically gets his kick drum and his snare up on stage. By that time, their drummer, GBH's drummer, comes on up and starts chatting drums with our guy like just like just like a regular bar dude just walking up they start talking about each other's gears like oh you've got the yada yada yada. oh yeah man oh i see you've got the blah 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 and they're like totally nerding out and 
my drummer goes, you know, I've, I'll, I really do like that kit. I was looking at a variation that's actually a blah, 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 yada, yada. It's, it's pretty close to this, but, you know, different kind of rack toms. But, you know, I think the, the kick was going to be about the same, the set and the other. He goes, well, do you want to try it tonight? He's like, I I can use your kit. He goes, yeah, yeah, just just put your snare on it. He goes, but, yeah, you can use my kit. It's like, wow, okay. So, like, all of a sudden, we just start loading his drums off the stage and the band that was going on after us, because it was a three-band bill, it was us, another band, and the, uh, GBH is the headliner. The middle band that helped get the show set up was walking through with their drum kit. Their singer looks up on stage, notices what's happening, scoffs to himself, and walks off the corner. And I see him talking to some people. No one ever spoke to us nothing we play our set with gbh's drum kit and then the second band set up their drum kit (laughs) (gasps) oh my god that's hilarious dude (laughs) played their set pulled all their stuff off stage and then gbh played Oh, that's that's fucking funny. Well, yeah, you get dude, drummers bond, dude. You know, it's like, yeah. So, so that that because of that moment, and let's and because they were also really cool to us after the show and everything else. You know that that's definitely one of my favorite show moments. Honestly, I think the first time they came through and played, they were maybe a little tighter, but the experience of getting to hang out with them and getting to chat with them and actually oh, our yeah. drummers bonding and getting to use their gear and like Fuck him yeah. kind of being insistent on it, not us asking like he brought it up. It's like yeah. that that was a really cool experience. Shout out yeah. to Tremont Music Hall. I miss that place. Where was it? Was it in in Charlotte? Yeah. In Charlotte? Yep. Yeah. Uh, we we had a music venue Tremont Music Hall and um the promoters over there, Lisa Barr and John Hayes, um, they really did a lot for the fill-ins. They they got us on a lot of really fun shows. So that, they they helped us out tremendously in the early days. Yeah, that's cool. Wednesday thir- Wednesday thirteen, Reverend Horton Heat. Um, you oh, know, a b- bunch oh, of really yeah. fun stuff. Reverend's cool. Um, how, how what's the population? That's not that big of a city, though, is it? How big is Charlotte? Um. It's it's growing every year, honestly. I mean, much to the chagrin of you know the natives and you know the locals that have been here for a really long time. It's mm-hmm. this this city is definitely getting bigger than it was meant to be. Oh, like yeah. literally, the layout of this city was not meant to be as big as they're trying to make it. Yeah, <laughs> without that, like a complete reinfrastructure of all roads. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> but, how that's what Seattle was like when I left fucking 20 fucking three 23 years of fucking ago i left and it's Seattle. still growing and yeah and they haven't done any in, in, <laughs> infrastructure thank you infrastructure there you <laughs> go yeah. uh, good for me but yeah um dude it, it, it's all the same and it's 10 times bigger than it was when i was there and it was fucked when i was there i can't even imagine you know literally in my neighborhood um there was it was it was very oddly shaped and i know listeners are really fucking tuning out right now if they don't (laughs) live in charlotte they don't give a fuck about this but this is our goddamn show fuck you uh in my neighborhood um there was a very oddly laid out 
kind of like shopping center shopping strip where it's like you had the really big parking lot there's a cvs in the parking lot but then you had like the main strip and there's like an abc store a dollar general five guys you know shit like that but like it would eventually trail off and like kind of go downhill and then there was like other weird like office brick buildings behind it so like mm-hmm. it was a very odd setup area but you know rather large they've completely leveled that entire area and they're putting condos and a new fucking like shopping center area Uh and it's all in the guise of we need more room to put people that's why they're putting more condos and apartments and shit so they're constantly trying to build the city up and let more people in more people in and we just don't do not have the road or infrastructure set in place for it to run smoothly it's going to be a yeah. fucking nightmare in another five to ten years because yeah. it's gotten it's gotten even worse since I've come back when I was eighteen. <laughs> wow. So nice. what was uh now actually to get back on track and get people listening and engaged again? Maybe they just hit the fast forward button a couple times. Edit, edit. Just what chop was that fucker out? <laughs> no, fuck it. They get the conversation. Um, right. What was your? favorite concert or a concert that kind of changed your outlook or opinion on music that's see i don't know dude i mean i've seen so many fucking good concerts but there's been a lot of fucking i've had a lot of opportunities with my because my uncle was uh um, involved in fucking design and shit so he he did a lot of he designed fucking the um hands of the teenage mutant ninja turtles oh nice okay yeah, the fir- the very first movie, the you know, and uh, um, so like, and he also did like Queen's Reich's fucking uh, uh, fucking the sci-fi shit they did when they did that. Well, I I'm not a Queen's Reich fan, so I can't remember what it was. I'm not they're... either. Well, I was just nodding the... along because I'm just like, yeah, I know of the band, and I'm sure they've Operation done videos. Mind Crime. That's what it is. Okay. It was it was fuck I mean it's like one of the biggest metal things ever, you know. It's like, you well, know. Well, as we established last episode, I'm not a big metal fan, so. Me either. Me either. I mean, it depends on what the metal is, you know. If it's metal like fucking Melvin's, yeah, I'm totally into that, but I wouldn't call that fucking It's metal. It's just a different kind of metal. But anyway, I don't know. I've seen so many fucking bands and been backstage and shit like you, so I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. Um, and sometimes you don't even want to say, because was fucking, you know, Journey one of the best concerts you've ever seen? You know? It might be. You know? It was, because it was intense. It was just fucking amazing. One of the worst I've seen that was huge was Ario Speedwagon. And why really? was I there? <laughs> well, Let I me- uh, wh- who, who else was playing? I don't. They were headlining. I don't even remember. I don't remember that show. It was all about the pussy, Alex. I was a young kid. And Got it. Was, it. You know, that's what she wanted to do and do do do. And I don't even know if it paid off, man. It <laughs> 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 was too long ago, but I just remember how fucking horrible this is, dude. And some of the songs were actually well written and cool, and it was like, ah, oh, you know, you could sing them, but it's like, oh, I just came out watch this shit happening. So the very first one that comes to mind from my worst show, I technically already mentioned 
the Motley Crue portion of the Kiss oh, show. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Oh, That's a band that it's my never, God. I mean, the very first album was kind of like, hmm, because it was like, hmm, what is this? This is like, this isn't metal. This is this isn't punk. This is what is this? It's this a little is, mesh between like punk and metal. Uh huh. And it, it was kind of neat. It was kind of cool, but I mean, it, it doesn't. I don't think it held up. You know, if I listen well, to it today, I'm like, eh, it's kind of cool. But, so I, um, I subscribe under the mind frame of unless I really, 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 really despise the band, every band has at least one good song. You can uh, find at least one good song out of any band unless you despise every aspect of the group. So yeah. it's like with Motley Crue. But then you're not listening. You're just saying, you know, it's like, I hate this. And so everything that everything that comes through your ear holes, it's like distorted and just like, nope, Yeah, but it's bad. like, but you know, for me, even like a modern artist like The Weeknd, I've actually found a couple songs from his that actually mm-hmm. sound really retro and kind of like 70s funk. And I'm like, all right, yeah. this actually isn't bad. I, I can Harry appreciate Styles, this. Dude, there's some fucking really good songs that he's done. There you go. Really so like, good songs. So, you know, you know like, I honestly believe you can find at least one or two songs from any band. So for Motley Crue, my two are Livewire and uh, Kickstart My Heart. I really like those two tracks. Livewire is really good. So I'm at least going into it with the mind frame of I'm not going to hate this. This isn't Van Halen. You know, it's Motley Crue. I'm at least going to have some sort of fun. Yeah. Oh my God! This was even before like all the memes of Vince Neil were like really popping off and shit. Where he, where he started sounding like Cartman. <laughs> he was already sounding like that though. It was just before the memes. It was an entire show of that, and it wasn't being brought to his attention yet. So it was on fucking like the tip top highest. And the problem was, and this also took away a little bit from the Kiss show for different reasons, but immediately I was able to tell what stuff was being triggered as a track during the Motley Crue set because where I got positioned with my upgraded seats I mentioned earlier in the show I was positioned right near one of those huge speaker columns so I could hear everything super clear through the left or stage right audience left speaker Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden, during like Kickstart My Heart, I'm hearing the whoa, yeah, ripped straight from the fucking record, blasting in my ear. So, you know, I'm just like, okay, half of this shit is redone. And now on this tour, they also released a single, I shit you not, called Sex. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> so they're promoting this single on this tour. Tommy's drum track skips and throws everyone off. They have to restart the song. (laughs) Oh, no. It was a horrible show. And as the small side note, the thing that kind of took away from the Kiss show was uh, Paul wasn't singing in tracks yet. He was just genuinely horrible singing. Uh, It wasn't just bad singing tracks. It was just like, oh, no. Just stop a minute, please. Let Gene sing some more songs. But... I guess I should have understood and realized this early on, but it just kind of took away a little bit of the magic. The bomb sound effects or triggers. I was hearing boom sounds coming from the speakers when they were setting off fireworks. And I was like, ah, that takes away from it a little bit. I really want the genuine boom of the firework, not a subwoofer 
sweetening it some so mm-hmm. that that kind of took away from it a little bit but yeah none of the kiss stuff was on tracks but you could hear every time motley crew was fucking using a track on that show so maybe outside of like some local gigs that i played that you know i was just like i've never heard of any of these bands and i hope i never hear of any of them again <laughs> outside of maybe some of those i really can't think of many other like holy fuck that was horrible shows has the opposite happened though, or you've been like playing with bands you've never fucking heard of and just went, holy fuck, these guys are awesome. Uh, well, the first one that comes to mind was The Stir, later like Machines. Oh, right, um, right. Yeah. Never heard those guys, and then as soon as we played with them, blew us away. Yeah. Um, I think the songs that he did in The Stir are better than what they did in Like Machines anyway. But, well, the um, stir was just more of a rock band. Like Machines was a little mm-hmm. bit more of a progressive rock, so they they kind of changed their tune some. Yeah. Um, and there's been a few others that I can't immediately like grasp on, but I know that if I thought of it like at a different time, I would be like, oh yeah, these guys, oh yeah, these guys, because I know there's one or two bands from Atlanta that I know I'm still friends with and we've done some shows and the only reason I wound up meeting them was because we did a show with The Stir in Atlanta and then they were also on the bill and it was like, holy shit, you guys are also fucking amazing. That kind of shit. So I'm just unfortunately drawing a blank because as I mentioned earlier with my mental Rolodex, I wasn't in that card. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. The uh, Probably the band that fucking blew me the way the most was um that we had no idea who they were was sublime you know they were fucking just whoa yeah but i mean they always were whoa (laughs) you know sad that they only got one album well kind of speaking on that uh something that popped up on my news feed recently figure we could kind of discuss a little bit because i have really no infinity for this group but it's it's still something important that we might as well mention on this music-based podcast uh some 41 has announced that uh after one more record and one more tour uh they're going to be calling it quits not to sound like a callous asshole I didn't know they were still touring. Um. <laughs> I, I, I didn't either. I had no idea. I thought they called it quits years ago. But yeah, I, yeah, that's uh, fine. but 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 the official uh, the official statement. Uh, says, uh, being in Sum 41 since 1996 has brought some of the best moments of our lives. We are forever grateful to our fans, both old and new, who have supported us in every way. It's hard to articulate the love and respect we have for all of you, and we wanted you to hear this from us first. Sum 41 will be disbanding. Uh, we'll be finishing our, cor- our current upcoming tour dates this year, and we're looking forward to releasing our final album, along with a final worldwide headlining tour to celebrate. Details will be announced as we have them. Look forward to seeing y'all all on the road blah 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 thanks so, so yeah. they're, they're just retiring and yeah. they'll you know for probably three or four years so they don't have to deal with each other and then they'll be bored and do another album who cares <laughs> well i mean it, it figured we might as well at least mention it on here because yeah. again i'm not the biggest fan but at the same time i mean they they do kind of fall under that mid 90s you know pop culture aspect that you know you, you do at least like bands that were in that kind of bubble and circle you know um yeah i never but never really, cared for sub 41 
No, I never paid him any attention. All right, yeah. well, fuck them then. Something good for I you. Mean, don't care about some forty-one. They're, they're not. They're not. I'm not saying they're bad. I just never paid them much attention. I've heard some songs by them. They're, yeah, yeah, they're all right. But I mean, it, it, they didn't. They've never done anything that where I had to like stop and remember and have to deal with this. Whoa, this yeah. is fucking great. I have to. I have to check this out. You know. Well, and <laughs> it doesn't take much to do that. <laughs> well, speaking of needing to check shit out. This popped up. I've been hearing rumors of this circulating for like the last year. Is this and what now, I sent you? Uh, no, I think we ought oh. to uh, kind of wrap on that one because that's a right. really, really interesting topic. Yeah. Um, but I've been hearing rumors of this for a while. And within the last couple of weeks, we finally gotten like official information and a single. Dolly Parton is releasing a rock oh, and yeah. roll record. Yeah, because she was recently inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And to paraphrase, she was like, "Okay, well, if I'm going to be in the Rock Hall of Fame, I need to earn it and release a rock and roll record. And this is something that she's been working on for a minute. And I was kind of interested and I I've definitely gone through a wave of emotions through all the announcements, because the first thing that got announced was the title, which is called Rockstar clever mm-hmm. um and the album cover which she looks great on i mm-hmm. mean i don't know how old dolly parton is but shit she, she, <laughs> she was old when i was a little kid and i'm fucking old i don't care come here grandma <laughs> yeah. yeah and then yeah. like in all of the promo photos i mean i know they're doctored as hell but like she yeah. looks great in the photos it's a really great photo shoot yeah dolly's and, fucking cool dude and with that came the track listing There is going to be 30 goddamn tracks on this record. Not only that, but every song has a guest on it. And now this isn't like, you know, oh, I'm going to pick from like my personal Rolodex and, you know, make this cool little rock star record. When you're Dolly Parton, you pull some fucking talent, apparently. Some people come out of the woodwork to make this happen. Reunions you never thought would happen are happening on this record. Let's go track by track real quick because it just gets more insane as it goes all right, on. All right. I, Rockstar- even, I just, I just, you sent me that. I'm like, sweet. That's cool. I didn't look so into it So you didn't it even all. look. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh-uh. The guest list on this is jaw dropping especially by the time i get to the end titillated right now all right first few first few aren't as crazy okay she starts it easy rock star with uh richie sambora um and then a song of hers world on fire that doesn't have any guests uh but then every breath you take featuring sting open arms featuring steve perry magic man do are these are is the whole album covers covers and a couple originals okay cool uh, and then Magic Man featuring Ann Wilson with special guest Howard Lessie. Mm. Uh, as long as I can see the light featuring John Fogarty. Mm. Either or with Kid Rock. Um, I want you Why? back. Why? Why, Dolly? <laughs> Why? What the fuck is wrong with you? God, I had so much respect for her. And I just lost it right there. Dude. You... She, oh, she'll, she'll redeem herself. She redeems herself. Uh, I want you back featuring Steven Tyler with special guest Warren Haynes. Uh, what is Rock and Roll Ever Done for You with Stevie Nicks? Very cool. Uh, Purple Rain, which she seems to do by herself. Uh, Baby, I Love Your Way with Peter Frampton. Hate Myself for Loving You with Joan Jett. Very cool. Night Moves with Chris Stapleton. 
Wrecking mm-hmm. Ball with Miley Cyrus. That's cool. That's Can't cool. get no satisfaction with Pink and Brandy Carli- Carlisle. Yeah. Uh, keep on loving you with Kevin Caron. C R O N I N. Keep on loving you. Yeah, Kevin Curran. Curran. Oh, yeah. wait. Yeah, uh, that's uh, fucking REO, the worst concert I ever saw. <laughs> well, there, yeah, there you go. Big uh, one. Heart Big of concert. Glass with Debbie Harry. Uh, Don't Let the Sun Do Down on Me with uh, Elton John. Uh, Tired. Tried to rock and roll me with uh, Melissa e- Etheridge. Stairway to Heaven. This this one's going to be fucked up. Stairway to Heaven featuring Lizzo and Sasha Flute. Oh, that's fucking badass, dude. Oh, that's probably going to be the best song on the fucking record, dude. Lizzo fucking rocks, man. And then uh, We Are the Champions with no guests, so it seems like by herself. Uh, bygones with Rob Halford and Nikki Six and John Five. <laughs> that is crazy. My Blue Tears featuring Simon Lebon. Oh my God. What's up featuring Linda Perry? You're no good featuring Emmylou Harris and Cheryl Crow. Heartbreaker featuring Pat Benatar. Bittersweet featuring Michael McDonald. I dreamed about Elvis with. Uh, Ronnie McDowell and the Lord Nairs, Jordan Ayers. I'm buying this when it comes out. I'm just telling you right now, dude. I'm skipping the next song. The last song is Freebird featuring Ronnie Van Zant. Why? Why did you skip? Why did you skip a song? Track twenty nine. Let it be featuring Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. Fucking right on, man. That is amazing. Yeah. When you're Dolly Parton, you can get all the fucking remaining Beatles back in the same room to do a cover. Yeah. That blew my mind. Now, I am not a huge Beatles fan. I'm not someone that would think. I grew up loving them. Well, I love them, but I'm not one of those like worship the ground they walk on kind of guys. But I have a huge love and respect for them. Yeah. That blew my hair back. That yeah. blew my mind. I was like, holy fuck. So I was excited. Then she released the first single, and I'm not as excited anymore. <laughs> what's, what's the first single? World on Fire. Oh. It's, I, if, if, if the production of that song is what's going to be on the rest of the record, I'm not as excited. It sounds very no, modern be, pop country. I, I'm sure. I'm sure what's going to happen here is like, and all all these different songs are going to have different fucking engineers and producers too. I hope so because yeah, if, I'm, I'm sure, I did not I'm dig sure the production of the first song that came out. It, it just sounds too modern pop country almost. Do you remember when um, Pat Boone did his uh, metal album in a metal mood? Yeah, crazy. But that's, that's how, how it goes. goes. That was the uh, intro for the Osbournes. Oh, yeah, that's right. It, it would have to be. I mean, dude, he had uh, fucking um, uh, ACDC on there. He had he had every, everything. And some it's of them a crazy just, record. Some of them are so hard to listen to, but some of them are like totally hilarious dude it's like you know you just like it's like this is great you know well, it's like that uh that orchestral version of uh, all those misfit songs i haven't heard that you haven't heard that that was Uh-oh. an official release bro wow good but i'm not my wife's a really big misfits fan i'm i'm not i danzig has never has done anything for me that guy i can't stand his voice 
Hyper Moments was cool, but honestly, Astro Zombies is probably the one that, like, kind of rings true. And, you know, fo folks are hearing a little bit of that in the background right now. See, so, yeah, by episode two, we're already getting a little bit more production value. What do you know? Holy shit. There you go. <laughs> right but, spe but speaking of that, as soon as we purchased our Zoom unlimited calls that way we can you know do this from afar dave sends me this really cool video by this company called let's see elk live okay see i, I was thinking elk was the uh the band okay yeah so this company no. called elk live so so tell me about this a little bit because i'm sure you dug into it some elk, i just watched the video you sent me elk live is a interface right but it's also a um, like a Skype. Um, uh, what are we on right now? It's uh, Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. Zoom. Um, yeah. So, but you have to buy hard hardware for it. So you have to buy this interface, and it has a FireWire that goes to your internet, and then you have to line in into your computer. So you have to go in. You have to have a fucking modem to fucking put this into, right? And it has to be FireWire. Now, what it does, it cuts out all your latencies, zero latency, so you can jam with everybody around the world, dude. It's like if if um, it, like my my old drummer Keith is down in Arizona, and our original bass player is in Bellingham, Washington. We can practice with this thing. You just fucking turn on. It's just like turning on what we're doing right now. You know, just hitting Skype, hitting whatever. But it's not. It's Elk Live. You have to download the Elk Live thing. They charge you for that, of course. And which the hardware. Is, which is cheaper than Zoom. I bet the hardware isn't, though. No, I bet you that. I, I didn't see the price on the hardware, but I'm guessing it's probably two ninety nine. is what I'm thinking. Maybe one ninety nine. You know, it's gonna be. It's not gonna be cheaper than two hundred bucks. I mean, you just said one ninety nine. That's two hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but and then I think I also think I ha I got to study a little bit more. But I think everybody has to have it. Yeah. Like I know everybody has to have the hardware, but I think everybody has to have the the fifteen. You know, fifteen bucks a month or or. You know, I think it's one eighty a, a year. You know, it's something cheap a year. It's really reasonable. But if you think so, about this, so I went to their website, and it looks like for Mac OS, you can actually download for free and register for free. Oh, looking at the website, I'm actually not seeing the requirement. Oh, here it is. Yeah. So the interface is called the bridge. Yeah, the so bridge. That's the so big let's yellow see how thing much that says Elk Life. Which looks Okay, just so like, you said how much you think the bridge is? Yeah, I'm thinking three ninety nine. It's it's four fifty. Four fifty. Wow, damn. They went a little Well, high sorry, three forty. My dyslexia Four, kicked in. Yeah, three forty. Right, yeah, that's fine. But but still, three hundred and forty bucks and essentially it's the box with a power adapter and cord and an Ethernet cable. Mm hmm So yeah, I, well, number one. So it's got if, the cable. It actually has the the FireWire and the Ethernet in there. It says power adapter and cord and Ethernet cable. Okay, yeah, that's. So this this is kind of what I look at on this. This 
number one, technology-wise, is amazing. The only thing I would maybe question is one of the things that does cause latency isn't just the connections you have, no, but your runs internet. Off of, it runs off of low-speed internet because you're you have to you have to put that Ethernet into your modem, right? From from the bridge to your modem. It ha that has to be. You can't. There's is no Wi-Fi involved. It's got to be I mean, a but, fucking. But the signal being transferred from your computer to other computers, that aspect can wind up still causing latency, though. No, not the way they fucking did it. It it goes by, but it goes by miles too. It's like if we're like, if I want to record with somebody in Japan, mm -hmm. I might get a slight lick. But dude, there's a whole jazz thing. This live on this thing and they're all they put everybody all over the planet and, and it's and, good and it's, i will say so th this is this is what makes it difficult for me though the price i keep jumping back and forth on if that's expensive or not it's not because let me put it this way all right now i don't know your situation but when i was in a band in 90 fucking three or fucking 80s to fucking i think i stopped playing in 95 so we are but we are renting a rehearsal space back in 95 for 350 bucks a month all right we'd split that up between three people now do the math if you can if you can just you know it's a rehearsal you know, you're rehearsing with people. It's 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 so much cheaper, right? But from personal experience, say if your practice space is three hundred bucks, and you're divvying that up between four people, you're only asking every for, month, not right, a year. You're only asking a little bit every At month. A time. Yeah, you're not going, hey. I'm just throwing out a random guy, and this is usually the butt of jokes anyway. Hey, bassist, um, I need you to drop 350 bucks well, so we dude, can practice. Let's hey, say this. drummer, I need you to drop 350 bucks so we can practice. Hey, lead guitarist, I need you to drop 350 bucks so we can practice. All of a sudden, I've taught the entire band, including myself, into spending over a thousand dollars. One time. So we can yes, one, one time, time. So we can practice, but trying to get everyone on board to spend 350 bucks, that is difficult. It's difficult sometimes just to get them uh, to send you the 20, 30, 40 bucks you need for the practice rent. You know, hey, so it's I, like. I get it, I get it. But hey, guitar player, I'm going to need you to drop 750 bucks just to get a fucking mid range fucking Fender guitar. So you can play guitar because you're the guitar player. Well, I mean, no, it's, it's they would equipment. they would already have that before joining the band, and then they can use that in other scenarios. Let's what? throw out a scenario that okay, Let's. you, me, Chris Morrison, and uh, other people on this network uh, all decided we were going to have a band together. Okay, we okay. all played enough instruments. Okay. Um, and then Dave, that sounds, you, that sounds like a fantastic idea, by the way. Yes. Uh, and then Dave, you get too busy. You can't do it anymore. So you're out of the band. Yeah. You've spent $350 on an item that really now you can only use with us. 
No, I can use it with anybody else with that item. Anyone else with that item, but that pool yeah. is going to be very small. And if you're already bouncing no, out because you had didn't have watch, time, watch this. It's not. I and if you if you buy any stocks, this might be a good one to do. You know, because it's supporting the fucking thing you do, music, and it's going to fucking kick off. Especially, dude, all all these like me. Like me, all these old guys with all this fucking money that aren't in our bands anymore, but we still contact everybody and we send shit over the internet. Hey, try to f- throw a little riff on this. Hey, try to throw a little riff on this. Dude, if we were, we, we all live in the same state, we'd fucking, we'd be fucking practicing every day, you know? Yeah, that's another, and, and that's I mean, another this- thing too. You don't have to fucking set a, up a schedule. You know, like if everybody in your band has, well, here's the thing. You would only do it if you're in different states. You know, you're not going to do it if you're in a, a fucking band, right? But so I can set up like all I got is fucking 30 minutes. Well, I got this riff. Can we work it out? Yeah, let's go. Boom, boom. And then you just work out and your practice is over, dude. You know, yeah, 30 minutes. And, and, and that does work. But at the same time, so a personal experience. OK, so I would actually benefit from having this. Um, we're talking to a couple new lead guitarists right now. None of them are in Charlotte. Yeah, there you we're going to be importing guitarists, and you know, whenever we have shows, we're going to have to find ways to you know meet up in a centralized location, have practice, and you know, and roll from there. But thankfully, most of the guys we've been talking to are very fluent in like Garage Band or you know, it's mm-hmm. Audacity and shit like that. So. Mm-hmm. With the podcast equipment I have, I can easily cut demos at the practice space with everyone, build a project file, and email them the project file. Then they can put it in their program, open it up, tweak it, add whatever they want. We can bounce stuff back and forth. So from a writing aspect, the technology is already there for musicians that have the you know ability to record at home. The technology is already there for us to send stuff back and forth and get, you know, fully produced stuff remotely. The main thing this helps with, like you said, is practice. So, well, I, okay, I do support this. You're do, in do the not same fucking me. room. You're in the same fucking room with them. It's like, here's a song we're working on. Dun, dun, dun. You know, and you can talk because you have there's two ports, one for your instrument, one for a mic. Yeah. And you wear headphones. So it's just like me and you talking to each other with the headphones. But we we both have guitars, you know, and, and again, we're, I, I don't want people to mistake me. I here. think it's brilliant. I do too. And that's why I say I do not want people to mistake me here. I'm not shitting on this. I think this is an amazing idea. I think it's going to blow up too. I just think at this price point, the people that could really utilize this, it's out of their range. I don't think it is. The people that can afford this are going to also utilize it. I don't but, think it's but, out of the range, dude. I think it's fucking fair as fuck. I think bro, the, the, the bridge is a little expensive, but well, that's what that's I'm talking a, about. The bridge. That's that's one time buy, dude. That's that's a fucking that's a fucking uh, fucking kit guitar, dude. You're not um, even buying a guitar. You're just you know. It's imagine like imagine the possibilities if they made that box a hundred bucks. Oh yeah. No, imagine the amount of people that then could afford it that but could how make much some is, amazing stuff together how much is this brand new company 
paying to have that built for them though i too. know the you technology know? is probably expensive i'm just simply saying that for well, me to be as as excited for this as they're wanting it to be wanting me yeah. to be i want to see it at a cheaper price point so kids can get it well this is what i looked at i could buy seven fucking elk lives or one mesa boogie you know? <laughs> yes, but you I also have buy... to think about the 16-year-old that lives in bumfuck nowhere. That Dude, is... can that, that, hold on. I, I want to paint a scenario because okay. I kind of grew up in this. Yeah. Imagine the kid that grew up in bumfuck nowhere, lower income house. They the family saved up to buy this hundred dollar guitar. Okay, much less you don't even have a fucking amp for. It. You've got an electric guitar and no amp, but you have a yeah. guitar finally. Yeah. Having that one little extra piece that now is only a hundred bucks that, you know, maybe the family could save up for to get the kid that doesn't have friends, doesn't have associates around that share the same music taste. Yeah. All of a sudden, give this kid this tool. He can start interacting with other musicians that share his passion yeah. and he can grow as a musician more. So that's the only reason I'm really saying I wish well, there was a way for this technology to be a little cheaper because not, not everyone can go, well, am I going to buy this or a Mesa boogie? Sometimes the Johnny well, Ramones of the world can I'm only saying. afford to I'm get not, the guitar. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, do I want to buy this or a Mesa Boogie? I'm saying, do I want to buy seven of these or a Mesa Boogie? You know, you know? What, See, you know what I mean. But it's the same thing. And check check it out. This is what I'm saying is is like, it, this is just going to be this is going to be your new fucking guitar. It's the same thing when interfaces came out. When the first, you know, when we started recording straight onto computer with uh, uh, Pro Tools and stuff, you needed an interface. Those things were fucking so fucking expensive. That's all this is is an interface. All yeah, right? it is. Uh, no, no, uh, more companies are going to come out and and start doing it. You can't have not a monopoly. if their technology is proprietary. Well, you can't have a monopoly though. I mean, you can. <laughs> Oh man! There's gonna oh, be a loop. Boy. Oh boy! So oh, that many was fucking... hilarious. <laughs> no, you can't, dude. Doesn't work, bro. It happens all the time. Well, yeah, for a while. But no, no, what, tr dude? Check it's it out. It's happening every what... day. Well, yeah, I know. This is what's gonna happen, though. It's gonna be the new guitar amp. It's gonna be the new everything. You're yeah. gonna have all these fucking bands get back together that you know and you're we're gonna in the next fucking three years we're probably going to see a lot more music coming out because these guys can do it without even blinking their eye you no, know I, I really and do it, love this and, technology and, though it's and amazing as far as, as far as you know buying an amp it's fucking way cheaper than an amp and it you is. don't need an amp no, it, you know? well, but 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 you don't need an amp, but it's, but then you're going to need that, and then you're going to need to buy well, plugins you, for whatever program you use, you know, and everything else. So I mean, you're still going to be paying money. I, I think I'm just looking at it from the aspect of there's so much unheard talent in rural areas. And a yeah. lot of those kids yeah. just wind up giving up because they can't find people to, you know, jam yeah. with, yeah. you know, I, I've seen it personally you know in places like west virginia or you know something like that you know just people want to play a certain kind of music but no one around you know wants to or can play it so yeah you know well, i'm just i'm just looking at the pure price point of like you know so many people can't fucking 
rehearse because they have to buy a rehearsal place or they're playing in their house yeah. or their basement. So, you know, but how, what is the percentage of bands that actually pay money for a rehearsal space? What do you think? Probably, would you say over 50% have to? Probably, or, yeah. I would think that's a, you know, it goes 50% just to be safe, right? Yeah. So, you, you, you what's the average member of a band? Four, five? You know, oh, I, I thought you were saying, like, what's the average member of a band? And then you said, poor? And I was like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many bands? You're many, right. How many, what's the average band member thing? It's just like four or five. Uh, between, or, uh, three I mean, and four. Three and four? Yeah. That's, I, I would go, let's just go five, right? Okay. So, you know, you go 400 times five is what? It's $2,000, right? Okay. And now, yeah, you put in uh, uh, another 180, so you're you're looking at $2,180 a month. Drip fed. Or, or uh, two, a year. Two, a year, right. Well, no, just, it's, I mean, that's your initial buy-in, right? You know, because we got to buy that that's shit. Right now, the rehearsal, the rehearsal studio at three, let's just say three hundred, um, is three thousand six hundred dollars. So you you know, it's like for one year, you're like coming in way fucking cheaper than anything. It's that's the way I look at it. That's you know, it's like I, I guess just, just dealing a, with enough bands a, approaching someone and going, hey, for us to be a band. Because again, you also have to remember, if you're buying a guitar, because if you're buying we're a, it, we're in a mindset where in a world where this doesn't exist. That's why. That's why you gotta forget about the world we exist in because this new new thing is happening. I'm thinking on a what, personal level. What if you level. say when a guy comes in? Okay, this is what you're talking about. A guy comes in your band. It's like, hey, to join our band, you're gonna have to pay, uh, um, one hundred dollars a month for mm-hmm. the rehearsal space. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Okay. To come into this band, you're gonna have to pay fifteen dollars a month for this rehearsal space. Okay. That's the way I look at it. I'm t- you know. See see you're you're missing my point. You're missing my point. I'm not talking about the subscription fee. Fuck the subscription fee. That's fine. Oh, By you're the way, I looked at the, the initial thing. Yes. That's Fucking, what I'm if you're in the band, buy them, dude. You're saving money. <laughs> no, I'm not buying this to pass out to all my people. I'm not spending $2,000 up front for this fuck. This no I, gar- I guarantee you Donner is going to come out with one for like 125 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but see, so, so this is my point, though. So if you buy a new amp, if you buy a new guitar, say it's $350, just the amount yeah. that you know this interface is. You buy that, I can take it to your band. I can take it to your band. I can take it everywhere. Yeah. I, that is my personal thing. I can use it live. I can use it in yeah. the house. I can oh. loan it to someone. Oh. This amp and guitar is a physical item with many, many, many different purposes. Mm-hmm. This three hundred. What, what happens if the amp blows? You got to get another one. So the guy it. comes to practice and you, fucking amp blows. You got no. Go it's fucking. your amp. If you All blow right. your amp, you're fixing it. And if that dude that comes in that wants to join your band blows his amp, he's got to fix it too, right? Exactly. But it's, so it's his fucking... gear. It's his own personal stuff that he's bringing yeah. from band to band yeah. to moment to moment. This this, inter- the... this interface box 
is new, dude. (laughs) No, it's new. It's niche. If you're buying it, you're buying it in a group. You leave that group. I don't want things to change. (laughs) (laughs) No, where are you getting? I don't want things to change. I'm thinking from a rational, personal person aspect. I know you are, but But still, it's rationally. Look at what it costs a year to run a fucking band. This is a fucking very minor fucking purchase. You want to play guitar? You got to buy a guitar. You want to play live? You got to buy an okay you want to you want to move on you know you hey we gotta you gotta have the internet you know it's like okay well I'll this is another one you. of those things you gotta have no it I, isn't i'll bring it to you this way no one <laughs> wants to be in a band bad enough in this day and age about the people that don't want to be in bands Li- because it's literally the demographic <laughs> the people that can afford this are already working in studios so they're going to utilize this the people that would fully utilize it like indie bands punk rock bands people that are just trying to get people together that initial investment is not worth the fickleness of no, those I people think- I think the people that are u- totally going to utilize this thing are the people that are trying to fucking w- get all these fucking musicians to make their number one album. They're going to, this is the way to do it. Boom, boom, boom. Get them. You know, yes, we can those ta- are the people can that can afford like, it. Right here. Those Dude, are the people that can afford can, it. If you can afford a guitar, you can afford this. You got that's what you're not thinking of it as as you're because you're not you're it doesn't exist yet I can't no. I'm not but once it I'm does and everybody's doing a, it I literally gave the example well, why earlier would I of the buy kit an electric guitar my acoustic guitar does fine but you know what so, one, so you one so year, you genuinely in your heart of hearts think. That kids are going to be looking at this and going, well, fuck an amplifier. I'm going to buy this instead. No, I already said. I already said you're going to see a bunch of fucking bands that don't exist anymore reunite and put uh-huh. out albums because right. of this. That's the people what I said. that can't afford that's, it. That's what I... Dude, bands that don't exist, a lot of them don't have fucking money, dude. A lot of them don't. You would be willing to buy this, right? Yeah, I don't have you're- money. But you'd I mean, be willing to buy this. But you but yes, you are absolutely. in the demographic that can afford it. Guess what? I'm not. I'll look at yeah, this. I can't no, I can't. It, it, yeah. You don't you, know it, my bank account. If, I cannot afford oh, this piece. But what would you do if your fucking head blew and you needed to fucking play? Well you'd you'd have to get it fixed, right? Yeah, but, but it probably bro- wouldn't you'd cost three hundred and fifty bucks. You'd borrow one. Really? Bro, oh, I didn't tube. pay that much you for, in the first place for it. You can't even retube your amp for 250 bucks. It's a solid state. Oh, I can't well, afford it, bro. That's what I'm trying that. to tell you. You, you, I, I don't think you have a full grasp on how much bands are siphoning money, bro, for something so niche. No, most bands cannot afford to go, let's spend $300, $400 each just so we can practice separately. I right. mean, the people that can afford it are already you working want- in studios. I get you. I get you. You want to make a bet, though? What? I bet that in the next five years it'll be a commonplace and and (laughs) no i don't want it to be commonplace is that what you want to hear bro (laughs) i'm not saying it's not going to be commonplace i want it to be commonplace i'm saying it's not commonplace at this price i want it to be commonplace dear god i'm not anti 
I've said 50 fucking times this technology is amazing and that I want it to be cheap so more people can get it. I'm not rebelling against it. Where are you getting the idea that I'm sitting here going, technology's bad. I don't want progression. No, I, want I don't think you're saying that technology is bad. You're saying that nobody, nobody would want it because of the price point. And I'm saying, dude, the price, the price point is, I don't think I would, I would do. Okay. I agree. I, yeah, let's bring it down. I'd love it to be lower, but dude, it could, it could have been a thousand. Oh you yeah, know? it absolutely I mean, could have and, been. And it still, it still would sell probably just as much. So I'm not going to bitch about the price point. I, <laughs> I will, damn it, because I think it's really fucking cool. But like, it's unfortunately out of a price range that you can't really. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm with you there, Alex. I can't. I can't get one right now. There, I mean, it's like I, you know? I couldn't convince my guys to get it. You know, if if we decided to roll up the practice space, I couldn't convince my drummer and bassist to buy that. Yeah. They couldn't afford it either. You know, so but that would be something so beneficial for us. You know, so I I, I don't know that that's just the, that's just my aspect yeah. on it. It's just unfortunately the people that can afford it already have so many outlets for them to do the thing that you're wanting them mm -hmm. to do anyway. That this is just it makes it easier. It's a much easier way to do the thing that they've kind of been doing already because we've seen many students studios work remotely you know these larger studios so i mean this is a way for it to be a lot more inexpensive it's a lot easier to do it's just not at the price point yet or the technology point yet that i think it's going to revolutionize things like we need it to i want it to revolutionize okay things. i think it is going to revolutionize but yeah. i see what you're saying not the way you want it to not the I way gotcha. it needs I to well, I because mean, we this all... technology can truly reach a generation that needs it. It's just unfortunately with the way in this economy, <laughs> you know, the the 16 year old trying to get by, you know, is really going to be hard pressed to be able to convince his folks to spend 350 bucks on a box so he yeah. can stay on the computer a little longer. Yeah. Well, I mean, just look at the price of fucking Gibsons. You know, it's like that's why Gibson's it, going under. No one's buying them. Some people are, unfortunately. <laughs> they need to I fucking actually, stop. I, I, do, I, do, I do like Gibsons. I've always been a Fender guy, but I always wanted to have that Gibson there just for certain. The Gibson will do. I always have to have a Les Paul in my collection. That's the one guitar that I have to have. Or if I didn't, something cool like an explorer you know something that have to be you know i would love to you know see i love uh, i love a regular um les paul and also like a flying v but it can't be an 80s flying v i don't like the sharp points i like the uh, rounded 70s yeah, round, 60s flying yeah. v's yeah I, I would agree with that i would go explorer flying v yeah because those are i mean those are shapes that are like personalities you know yeah. it's like and, and honestly you know, i like the weight of a gibson after like playing a bunch of them after a while like i do love a fender amazing I, tones I, but I, like i do love fender but but i feel like i could bend a fender you know they're so lightweight after a while especially like a telly or something you know it's just i know i can't they're sturdy instruments but it's like after playing a like a tank of a gibson for so long yeah. and i pick up a telly i just feel like i'm playing a toothpick yeah <laughs> Well, I just bought that Music Man Cutlass, and it's like a, a Strat body style, right? But the neck is fat. 
it's so fat dude it's fucking awesome i, I really I hope so much, uh <laughs> this is what people were would like and come to expect because this is the other great thing about uh, me and dave we could be shouting and arguing with yeah, each other the yeah, entire time <laughs> and immediately pivot to be like so what's your favorite kind of guitar <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i mean I mean, I'm going to disagree with you all the time. Okay? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm fucking almost well, 60 years old. I mean, it's really old, easy to disagree dude. with me when you're not <laughs> listening to me. I, I, I'm listening. Was well, there been any other little news things that have kind of popped up between then and now? I, I wound up sending the group chat. We could talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, but yeah. honestly, at this point, it's it's a by the time oh, this episode right. comes out, we're gonna do that. Man, nah. by the time this episode comes out, it's gonna be a beaten horse. It is every year anyway. We were not as topical on that one. No need to beat that well, horse. Neither one of our bands were on it, so who yeah, fucking cares? Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> well, and I, I still haven't played with any of the new ones. Hall of Fame, but hey. And I'm not able to add any uh, new players to my list. I don't think you were either. What What are you talking about? What do you mean, players? Uh, la- last episode, you were saying how many uh, people have you played with that are also in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So I, I can't add anyone yet. So, you know, I don't think you were ad- able to add any new ones to your God, list. I forgot, so. I, I forgot I got that arrogant, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to tell the people who you are. No, bullshit. And why that you was, deserve the that seat. Was, that was bad. <laughs> but before this episode fully wraps up, you know what we got to do. We got to dig on into our Spotify playlist and we figure out what the hell we've been listening to. What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. (laughs) Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. Well, as I said earlier, uh, what I say, uh, the um, Naked Giants, yeah, yes. from Seattle, yeah. Give them, a, give them a listen. And the songs that I would say, I would say, we, we, when we do this, we just want to do an album, right? Or, yeah, yeah. We kind of just, uh, if you know, keep it if, on two songs from one album. Yeah, I mean, if it's if a band that seems to only on release album, only EPs, we can talk about that. But you know, if if they've got some records, yeah, let's pick a record and pick a few songs from it. EPs a record. I mean. I, I think that, but I mean, I just don't want to like say a band and then like go do fucking two different different albums, you know? If, well, I mean, if, yeah, I, I, you, but if, that way we can always revisit a band and talk about another record. Yeah, there you go. Okay, two songs I would do are. Um, let me pull up the album real quick because the what, uh, um, what's the name of the album? Naked Giants is the band. The album is The Shadow, and it was released in 2020. It was the last one they did. But their song, Take a Chance, was really cool. Do you hear? Do you have it on your phone right there? I've got it pulled up, and I'll listen to it later. Oh, uh, okay. And then the uh, second one, I'm going to go with God Damn What I Am. <laughs> it's a good, that's a great like, title <laughs> it, it, they, they, these guys are these guys are really cool they had they mix the uh angst with pop very well other um they have another album where they have a song called uh slow dance Two. it's so fucking good dude it is word yeah the guy's a great vocalist they're just kids dude it's a three-piece too i mean i, I love it I, I the power of the three-piece is pretty amazing if you can you can rock people out with three ba- three guys that are three people 
They don't have to be guys. They can be girls. But, you know. <laughs> Get with the, the times, Dave. You know, God. Yeah, I know. The power trio, baby. I mean, that's like, dude, that's impressive if you can do that. Because I can't. I need another guitar player, dude. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely need another one, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, but these guys do a great job at it. So I, I love that. I love that. So what are you listening to? Uh, this one I kind of had to pull back through because my weeks have been absolutely hectic so it's like i've not been really listening to a lot of different music i've been kind of just kind of honestly i've still been listening to white reaper a lot that's just been kind of in that cycle but since i mentioned them last week one that i dug into a few months ago during another one of my oh yeah what about this kind of record and i did some deep diving and we can kind of maybe just since i found out that you're like a legit beatles fan this would maybe be a topic for another episode um but i did some deep dive into the record from paul mccartney back in the u.s live in 2002 and i didn't realize that this was his first major tour after his wife passed away and that like he wasn't doing like a lot of Beatles stuff on his previous tours i was looking up set lists and stuff like that and this record uh live in 2022 back in the u.s has stuff like hello goodbye all my loving all that stuff like oh, really wow. like deep cut like really good Beatles tunes yeah. and the band he had on this was a brand new lineup it's the same one that's been with them you know ever since and this Spe this record holds a special place for me because I remember the ABC special that went along with it and mom being really excited for some reason because by this point Beatles 1 had already come out which was like all the major singles it was like the first like good greatest hits that had come out on CD she had that so I knew what the Beatles were all about but when she saw this record was getting released she was oddly excited for it and like there was going to be an ABC special where they're like you know showing like you know live clips of the record you know shit like that it was like a live concert <clears throat> and i had forgot that she was excited about it we were out and about we were in spartanburg south carolina we lived in gaffney so that's about maybe 40 50 minutes away from home we were out and it was like maybe seven o'clock she all of a sudden panics to my stepdad and she goes we gotta get home paul mccartney's about to be on the tv <laughs> so it's like we mad dash rush home she's making me watch it and it's like i could not have really cared less much in the moment but then she bought the cd later on and i remember really loving the cd but much in life shit weird shit happens how old are you in 2002 about 10 10 okay 10 right. 11 somewhere in that yeah, area yeah, yeah okay. so right as i was like really digging into it and about to like make that my regular rotation cd she also showed me the ramones mm. you that, got shown the ramones at 10 oh yeah dude oh yeah yeah that's, in, that's I, I got exposed to punk rock early yeah uh, same thing with kiss like kiss even at an earlier age so it's like I all of a sudden got exposed to punk rock. Now the Beatles and Paul McCartney sucked. That was wimpy. wimpy. Ew, don't like that. Give me aggressive punk rock. Oh, so wow. I put the CD away. I quit listening to it. All of a sudden I dug it back out. 
That's and never a good idea. You should always listen to everything all the time, dude. Don't yep, put yourself I, in that box. Dude. And then I thought about it. I put it back on. And, bro, it's been on repeat ever since. That is one of the – it's right up there with Kiss Alive with one of the best live records I've heard. It's Paul McCartney back in the U.S., live 2022. So many great songs. So many great renditions. Like the version of Long and Winding Road that he does on this. Mm-hmm. Haunting. Like it's great. I'm gonna have to pull that up. And I honestly, I, like, I don't think I've listened to it. It's it's top tier best live record, and he spans his whole career: Beatles stuff, solo stuff, deep cut solo stuff. I mean, it's just a solid record. His backing band is amazing. The drummer plays in the pocket. I mean, it's a solid, solid record. And do, do you if you look the up movie, you, uh, Vanilla Sky that he did the soundtrack to, that was like back. I didn't in, care for that too much. Oh, dude, I thought that soundtrack was insane, dude. God, was like, that didn't oh, hit me too was, good. But no, I I definitely recommend any Beatles Paul McCartney fan that this right up this is right up there with in my opinion a classic record of his at this point. I think with enough time that passes, the back in the US record is going to be looked at in a top tier. It's just not enough time has passed, of course. It's just a 2002 record, but the more people go back and revisit that one, the more people are going to realize just how much that band was on fire and how much the tour meant to Paul. He had not been on the road for nearly 10 years at this point. This was his first major tour back. So all the emotions were there. And if you watch any YouTube clips, specifically um, All My Lovin', if you care about music and like the generational impact it has on people and the timeless nature of some music, you can't help but get moved by watching the video because in the background, they're showing black and white clips of Beatles mania of like just uh-huh. of just like, you know, hmm. girls losing their minds. Okay. But they're also clipping to audience members, people in their 60s dancing, people that are like six years old up on their dad's shoulders. You know, there's an old man that's like, you know, like you see a tear going down his face because you know what? He probably saw him back in the fucking day. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like you see the multi-generational, not only on the TV, but in the yeah. audience. And you can't help but get moved by it a little bit because yeah. so many people of all age groups dancing to All My Lovin'. It's such a classic song. It doesn't matter how old you are or where you came up from. A good song is a good song. But guys, if you want to stay up to date with us, definitely follow that link in the episode description and sign up for the Discord. Everyone was nice and chatty after the last episode. That was awesome. Let's keep it going. Let's get some more new members in there. Dave, you still need to get into the Discord. I think it's pretty hilarious that I'm not in there. I don't. (laughs) People want to meet you. (laughs) Just let them talk shit about me all all day long. (laughs) Your new co-host sucks ass. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, if you want to join in on the conversation and have some fun with us, sign up for the Discord. It's free. It's fun. You can edit your notifications. I'm in there all the time. I help folks out when they need help. 
Uh, we got merch. We don't have the new Something Good For You logo yet. I know that uh, we already had someone request that on a t-shirt. Uh, really? Have that, cool. Yeah, but I'll have that up here soon. My life has been fucking crazy, and the last thing on my mind has been making merchandise. It's been just record shows and pack up the house. <laughs> I, got, I gotta say, dude, you did a really good job with that logo, keeping it the same look, but just no face and with the yeah, album give it a little update give yeah, it a little I, update I, I liked it i thought it's same but it's the same feel Keeps the same, the same look, attitude the same. yep exactly i loved it uh, thank uh, you man okay yeah you do some good shit dude yeah, I try to do some good shit, and yeah. we you know, we're on all the social media shits. You know, we got Dave's at sign whatever down there, and we we gotta get him on the Instagram a little bit more. Oh. But you know, we hey, got. Whatever. I just gotta figure out what the hell of your like four accounts are you actually active on? Because the one you told me you're active on wasn't the one that was like looking at the stories and shit. So oh, I don't, I don't know. I so we gotta figure out where you're actually I, on Instagram. I very rarely look on social media and i'm not if you guys talk to me i'm not gonna respond to you dude because <laughs> i just i don't fucking care <laughs> well he doesn't care about responding but at least check out his other show fatty stokes link is in the episode description as always but for this episode there's something good for you i've been alex i've been dave what was the last one i said some uh, always shave, shave your it. balls or some shit yeah um Make sure you don't cut them though. I didn't. I don't think I said that. It's like you're shaving your balls. <laughs> don't don't cut them. Be careful when you do it. I think that's important. We're
for listening. Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash somethinggoodnetwork.